0: Hey, housewives, come on in. You know the dirty dishes are still in the sink from yesterday and the laundry is still in the basket. Pop your AirPods in and make yourself at home here.
1: I'm Tracy. I'm Tori. And we We are your Unlikely Housewives. Stepping out in faith and believing that God calls the unlikely, we are here to show you the appreciation and validation you deserve, lead you to authentic relationships, and release you of believing the cultural lies to restore your faith and wellness.
0: Pull up those high-waisted yoga pants, tighten your top knot, and reheat your coffee for the third time. Turn up the volume, and let's go. Hey, housewives. Happy to have you. Another week, another day. We are here, and we are glad to be part of it. And I am so excited, I know I say that every week, but I actually mean it, to be here with Tracy and another fantastic, fabulous guest, which is just so timely, shall we say. Like this year, as Tracy and I were getting ready, talking about our episodes, like God just put people in our lives and our inbox, and it's been incredible. I mean, he's just introduced a whole new world to us, and he said, these are the people you need to to have and give them a platform to share their hope, my hope, and light through them. This guest is just another one of those. So, Tracy, would you be so kind and introduce our guest?
1: Yes, I would love to. And for those of you listening, this is going to sound different, and it feels different because Tori and I aren't right next to each other. <laughs> we had to pivot today, just like all mamas do sometimes, and... I'm at home on my laptop and there's the three of us. We're in completely different places, but it's so incredible that we have such amazing tools, technology, even though they frustrate us, they bless us. (laughs) And we have this incredible opportunity. So I am going to introduce to you Karis Snyder. And what's so fun is we don't know each other until now, but a dear friend of mine sent me a message and said, hey, you need to meet her. She's incredible. You guys totally align with so many of the things that you were doing. And that's literally how it happened. And three days later, we were like messaging and had a pre-interview and here we are. So I'm gonna read a quick bio because I don't wanna miss a single piece of amazing Karis, okay? So she is a Christian communicator who shares the hope of God through speaking, writing, coaching, and podcasting. She is the author of Anxiety Elephant's 31-Day Devotional and Anxiety Elephant's 90-Day Devotional for Tween Boys and Girls. She has two new books that have just released, a children's picture book, There's an Elephant on My Chest, and a book for moms titled Carline Mom Devotional. She shares from personal experiences of overcoming depression, anxiety, fear, and shame. Karis desires to help people of all generations see their value and worth through the eyes of the Lord to grow in their faith and mental health. Karis offers inspiration to those who feel purposeless to discover their God-given calling no one else can accomplish. Karis lives with her husband, Brandon, and two daughters in Colum, Alabama. So for more information, we will share all of her stuff in the show notes. But for now, welcome. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for letting me be here with you today. Yes. Well, I love that we get a Southern accent on our podcast because I think we had one other. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I knew one in
0: particular that I was thinking of. Yeah. See, I don't have to hide it with you guys. I can
2: just embrace it.
1: That's right.
0: Well, before the end of the podcast, if I start going back to my Texas twang, don't be surprised, y'all, when I start to say pecan pie. Anybody? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's just something about a southern accent. Yeah. I love it.
1: Well, Karis, thank you for being here. And I think I would love, and I know it's, hey, take your time, but share your story with us and how you just first experienced anxiety, depression, whichever came first. Absolutely. So,
2: you know, about 11 years ago, it was probably 11 or 12 years ago, anxiety and depression almost took my life. I was one that. Was a master of the mask. I don't know if anyone else feels like you have to wear a mask sometimes, or maybe you're getting exhausted by the mask that you wear. But I was a master of the mask, y'all. My husband and I, we were leading worship at the time. I was running a successful business out of our home. My daughter, who has now just entered high school, we are in that phase of life. At that point, she was a toddler. I mean, she was two years old, living her best toddler life. I was struggling. I was doubting my purpose, doubting a lot of things, but no one knew. I began to deal with these feelings on my chest. It would be like I would feel breathless all of a sudden, like this heavy weight would just come on me out of nowhere. And I couldn't really explain why. And it felt like an elephant on my chest. And I would push hard up against it to try to do it on my own, to get rid of it on my own because I was afraid to let anyone in to know what was happening, but I couldn't get rid of it. I would feel breathless. My heart would just race. I'm just beating nonstop. I would feel panicked. Sleeping at night, it was like I, I lost my best friend of sleep. I could not sleep. I couldn't shut my thoughts down because I would go into these what if scenarios and it would be worst case scenarios playing out, you know, terrible things that might happen to my family or to me or to my friends, and it would just kind of take over. I would be paralyzed in fear. And I told no one because also at that point in my life, I was one of those who thought anxiety and depression was not real. And I always share that because I want to be transparent because I'm sure some of your listener family that's listening may have heard some of the same words that I said to others who would come to me for advice and encouragement, something like, well, you just need to pray harder. You just need to trust God more. You just need to read your Bible more. You just need to do more. That would be my advice to people. And unfortunately, if I knew you really well, I would say to you, hey, you just need to suck it up, buttercup, and move on. Now, I'm pretty sure Jesus did not say that to anyone that he ministered to that he loved too. So can I just pause there and say, I'm sorry to anyone who has heard those words. I'm so sorry if your situation, your, your hard season that you're going through has been dismissed because the truth is I was doing all those things and mm-hmm. it wasn't, I needed more. I needed more help. I needed to acknowledge what I was going through. So I began to realize just how big How hard anxiety and depression were to numb the pain of the anxiety. I starved it. Some people will use, you know, uh, alcohol, relationships, social media, drugs, but I starved the pain by not eating. And also it was something I could control. I could make my outside look like it was great. I was eating less than a thousand calories a day. I was drinking gallons, gallons of water a day and I was working out. 45 minutes to 60 minutes every day, just trying to numb that pain. i were all this as a mama? I was a mama, yeah, with my daughter. She was two. And then so I was trying to, you know, be that perfect mom, be that perfect wife, be that perfect church leader. And it wasn't that God put that expectation on of perfection on me. I, I just thought I had to be perfect. You know, I think we as moms, we do that to ourselves, don't we? we? We think we have to be perfect. We think we have to be and do all the things. I mean, have y'all found yourselves
1: ever in that point? Oh, yeah. I'm a control freak too. So that has a large part of the controlling it. So it's perfect for the perfect family, for the kids. I know it too well. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. my thing is I have the toxic trait of I think I can do anything well. So, like, I'll take on something. I'll be like, oh, but I could do that. Like, seriously, like, just a s- silly thing. There was a jean jacket I saw. It was $110. And it literally just had the letters of a, a sports team on the back. And I was like, oh, well, I could do that. And I don't have to pay $110. So I, I spent more time going to thrift stores to find the jean jacket, to buy the letters, to get the... And then I spent three and a half hours trying to get the letters to stay on, then redoing it because I didn't do it right. And when I could have bought the darn thing, it was just like, that was something I added to my plate unnecessarily. Did I need the 110 jean jacket? No. But I was like, well, but I can make it for, you know, but it's just something extra, right? Like I can do anything half good. Yeah. So but go on.
2: Yeah, no. And I would find myself there. It was like I wore my busyness and I wore, let me do all the things as this badge of honor, like that I could do all the things. And I didn't realize what it was doing to me, what it was doing to me internally, how it was just wearing me down, wearing me out, you know, just running me dry. I had nothing, nothing left. And the anxiety Because I was hiding it, because I was numbing it, my thoughts moved into depression, you know, where I just felt hopeless, useless, purposeless and worthless, you know, and I just was hiding. I was hiding from my husband. I was hiding from my my friends. I began to even hide from God because I just thought I had failed. I had failed him. I failed everybody. No way would anybody want to be my friend anymore. No way would my husband want to be married to me if he really knew who I was, you know, it was just like, I I felt like I had to keep pulling away and pulling away. And that's what depression does to you. It wants you to pull. I have a question. How long had you been married at this time? We had been married, let's see, at that time, seven years. Okay. We had been married seven years and I was very much type A woman, get it done, make it happen, you know, excel at everything. So he had never seen me in that place where I had no control where I felt, felt lost and I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. So it was just
1: a different... I had completely gone from one end of the spectrum to the and other. The other. Yeah. And you may get to this, so if you are, continue. But did he recognize it?
2: He did not recognize it until there was a day that I will never forget. I had a severe panic attack. Like I was sitting on my couch... And he was at work and I thought I was having a heart attack and going to die. Like I just thought my two-year-old is going to come in here and find her mama dead on the floor. And uh, so I called my mom, who was a safe person for me, and I told her what I was feeling and experiencing. And she said, I think you're having an anxiety attack, but you need to go to the doctor right now to see what's happening. Now, I was around 30 at that time, and I knew not to argue with my mama.
0: Like (laughs) if I didn't go, she was going to come take me. Is your mama a Southern woman, too?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, She's, then you
0: knew. You knew. You were more scared of your mama than half of you are of God. Yeah, she I was mean, coming with that spanking
2: yeah. spoon. I mean, it was happening. You know what it I was mean? Hap- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was happening. So I said, okay. And I called my husband. I was like, you're going to have to come meet me and get Zoe. That was, uh, that's my oldest daughter's name. And I was hooked up to the EKG machine. My daughter was crying. I'm crying, looking at my daughter, saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you're having to watch mommy go through this. I was looking at the nurse saying, I'm so sorry that I'm a burden to you today. I'm so sorry that you're having to do this. My husband comes in. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you can't work. I'm so sorry that you can't provide for us because I'm a burden to you. He didn't know. He was clueless. He had no idea what was going on. And that nurse, I'll never forget her looking at me saying, hey, I'm supposed to be here for you today. I'm supposed to help you. You're not a burden to me. And I needed to hear those words that I needed help, that it wasn't wrong to need help. You know, that help is not a four-letter word. It's not a bad word. And I I want moms to hear that specifically. Help is not wrong. It's not wrong to need help. It's not wrong wherever you're at in your life right now. We're supposed to have help. We're supposed to need help. I mean, God even left us the Holy Spirit, who is our helper. So we need help. And so I'm so thankful that that nurse said that to me. And so, Brandon... Took Zoe and the doctor looked at me and said, hey, your heart's fine. You're having an anxiety attack. This is what's going on. And still at that time, I was in denial about anxiety and depression. And y'all, I looked at that doctor and told him he was wrong. Like I was like, I think you're wrong. Like I think I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. And you know, That's what we say. And I got home that day and he was like, Brandon was very supportive. He didn't know what to do. He was very supportive. And he just said, what do you need? How can I help? And I was like, I don't need help. I'm good. See, I was still
0: in that, that frame of mind. I wanted to stop because one thing, and I, I know our podcast reaches our, our demographic here is women, is mamas, right? That's who, who listens to our show. But dare I say that men are just as guilty oh, of yeah. this feeling like that I, our husbands, they are fearful of asking our help because they're like, I'm the provider. I'm the covering of this household. Like I don't, I'm not supposed to ask for help. Years ago, and I'm going to tear up thinking about this because that is the exact same thing that happened to my husband. Mm. He was on the way to work and he called me and said, I'm going to stop. I can't focus with the lights. I'm driving. I'm going to stop at, um, he had just taken his parents to the airport and it was like pitch dark and all the street lights, right? And the lights were bothering him. And he, so he was starting to have an attack. And we had known that he had, we think we had one previously. But he didn't really address it, right? Like you just, okay, I'll take something for it. It'll be fine, right? Like you said, I'm still good. I don't need the help, right? And he called me. He says, I'm going to stop at a hotel. I need to lay down because I can't, I can't drive. So he literally checked himself into a hotel on his way to work. I had both girls at home at the time. So I couldn't like pick up and go be with them. Because they were honestly still asleep. Yeah. And so then he got to a hotel room. He took a shower, trying to get his body to calm down. He laid down and he couldn't and he felt the same thing. Like you're going to have a heart attack. And he drove himself to the hospital. He checked out of the hotel, took the time to check out. I was like, dude, you have it. We could go back. Like, really, they're not charging you by the hour. If you're going to one of those hotels then I have more questions. He drove himself to the hospital and I threw the girls in the car. And I remember walking into that hospital and I was the other end of it and seeing him all hooked up and the doctor telling him, your heart is fine. We're going to do some more heart tests, but you're having an anxiety attack. And like, I don't know how your husband felt, but there's a, like that helpless feeling. Yeah. And he's a type A personality, too. But also, a man. he doesn't tell me all the details. Right. Because he's, quote-unquote, protecting me, where it's like, no, like, in the Bible, I'm not your spouse and your helpmate. Like, right. I'm designed for you. And that help thing is so real. Yeah. But I just had a flashback to that. So, but, like, I know that that's that burden because yeah. so many... Of us don't want to be a burden on the others. You've got too much going on in your world. I'm just as guilty with my group of friends. Like, I went to one of Tracy and I's mutual friends the other day. And I was like, I know you're going through things that are a lot harder. And she goes, it's an equal playing field. Suffering is suffering. That's right. It doesn't mean that one's easier than the other. And just because mine looks harder than yours doesn't mean it's not harder, you know? But like wow, 17 minutes in, ladies, and I'm already tearing yeah. up all of her. Dying of I, mean, but I, I,
1: I mean, what I think, and I'm sure other listeners are going to experience this too, like it is triggering, you know, yeah. it's triggering me and what I've gone through with my daughter, you know, not even my own, but I will tell you that the reason I initially asked, did your husband know is because I know of other relationships that is being held. Yeah. And, and the spouse doesn't know. And it seems so, it seems so dark for them. And yeah. I mean, it, it's not, it is. Yeah. And it's really hard to watch and to walk through. And so, you know, obviously you're going to continue on and, and get to to share the hope and the light with that. But I think that where we are right now is husband or wife, you know, if either one, like the communication has got to be open because if we do not bring it to light that there's an issue It is really, really dark. And even for me walking through it with my child, if I had not started sharing on social media what we're going through, I wouldn't have the support group that I had because I felt alone. I was like, what did I do wrong? You know, I had to process my own guilt and shame of having a being a mother to a child that was struggling that I couldn't help, but I could get her help. That's right. The greatest gift I've given her, but I couldn't do without the help of others.
0: That's so good. But isn't that what the enemy wants us to do? let's go back to the basic i mean yes we we say we're the unlikely housewives we bring hope light and humor to motherhood and marriage but at the end of the day you said it this morning our mission statement is you are not alone that's right like that that is it because that's where the enemy wants you he wants you to feel isolated he wants you to feel like you're the only one like they're not going to understand they're not going to get you there when god is literally standing in that room with you and saying my child yeah you are here i am here with you that's right and i that although that that is enough i am enough if i am the only one with you my child i also have others here for you on earth we just process it all our own and just you know like he is enough and if, that, if we don't have anybody on Earth, like, that's fine because he is enough. He says that over and over to us. But we do, like you said, Tracy. I mean, it's, it's reaching out and talking and going, you too. That's it. I was afraid to, to
2: let him in or to let anyone else in because the enemy had me convinced I would be rejected, that people would turn their back on me. And it was a loud lie, but that's what I thought. That's what I truly, truly thought. And, you know, like you said, God, he does not want us to do life alone. If if he did, he would not leave us here on earth, you know, mm-hmm. to help one another. And Galatians 6, 2 tells us that we are to bear one another's burdens and so yeah. fulfill the law of Christ. So ask for help, get the help. And, and even what my husband did, and I can't imagine what it felt like for him but even in the, the dark places where he didn't understand and he, didn't, he couldn't fix it, and you can't fix it, you can't fix it for them, he stayed with me in it. Mm-hmm. And he let me know, I'm here, and I'm not going anywhere. And he would reinforce that every single day. And I can remember asking him, please don't leave me. Please don't think any less of me. And he said, I'm here, and I'm not going anywhere. And I needed that reminder. Now, he did not know how to help me and he didn't know what to do, but he didn't realize it was helping me that he was in the mess yeah. with me, that he he was willing to climb down in the pit and sit there with me and help me get through it. And as I I was moving through all this and then I moved from anxiety to dread and depression, I began to find myself in this place of thinking that I just was a burden to everyone, that I was a bother. Um, and in the midst of all of this, I found out I was pregnant and I might have weighed, y'all, I might have weighed 100 pounds. Again, I was starving myself. And I uh, went to my doctor that day when we had got the pregnancy test. And uh, she said, Karis, she was so, so good with me. She said, look, for the sake of the baby, you have to eat. I don't care if you eat donuts for breakfast, lunch and dinner, just eat. And it was like two things happened in that moment. First of all, you know, that mama bear instinct that we have, I think that all women have it, whether you are a mama or not, we will fight for our little ones or we will stand in the gap for those that we are helping, that we are taking care of and protecting. We might not do it for ourselves, but we'll do it for them. But second, y'all, if a doctor says you can eat donuts for breakfast, lunch and dinner, you eat donut for breakfast, lunch and dinner.
0: You bet your butt you do. You, right. yeah. I mean, I yeah, doctor's orders. Are Yeah.
2: Still to this day, donuts are my number one dessert. I mean, they are. So I ate a lot of donuts. I really did. I ate some salad in there too. Like there was some greens, you know, to fill in all the, the donut part. And I gained about six pounds over an eight week period, which was big for me to do that. But I ended up having a miscarriage, and I I, I lost the baby. Mm. And that was the bottom. That was the bottom of the bottom for me. And here comes the enemy whispering in my ear while we're sitting, you know, in our car, just getting that news, leaving the doctor's office. And he said, look what you did. Look Mm -hmm. what you did. I mean, blame, shame, condemnation. And, you know, look what you're doing to your husband, to your oldest daughter. Look, you know, God can't use you. There's no way he can use somebody like you. And that's where I thought I just need to go. I just need to leave this world. They would be better off without me. I'm more of a burden and a bother than I am anything else to them. And it was in that moment that I felt like I had two choices, that I could look up or I could give up. And I swear to you, it was like I felt God whisper and reach down in that pit using his gentle hand saying, look up, look up. And y'all, when I looked up, all these lies that I was going to be alone, that people were going to reject me, were proven to be lies because there were helpers. There were helpers there. My husband was there. My pastor was there telling me, hey, God's not mad at you. He's not holding this against you. He has a purpose for you. This is not stopping that purpose. Uh, a counselor, God brought a counselor into my life who was lived in my town. My husband and I had had led worship at an event that she was the keynote speaker at. And I was in the middle of all this depression and anxiety. And, uh, I had got the opportunity to share that with her and she said, Hey, I can help you. I can help you. And then my doctor who walked me through this process and said, Hey, your brain, your hormones are so out of balance right now. And if you had heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, you would not fight me on telling you that you need medication. You would not fight me. And she said, Look, there are ladies in your church sitting four and five rows down from you with the same medication in their purses that I am prescribing you and she said it is okay to take this to get your brain back to where it needs to be that you can process that you can function that you can enjoy life and live and my friends were there and so I got help and I let them help me and I let them for into me and I began to see this shift when the medication I cried every day for about three weeks taking it because I thought I was sinning I thought I was doing the most terrible thing in the world my daughter had a birthday party at a bouncy house place, which can give anybody anxiety, okay? If you have birthday parties at bouncy houses. So we, we had a birthday party there and she was turning four and she said, mom, will you please go down the slide with me? And I said, sure. And I'm climbing up the slide and I look down and all of my family is standing there taking pictures. So I'm moving out of the way. And they're like, no, Karis, go. We're taking pictures of you. We've never seen you enjoy life like this. We've never seen you have fun like this. And I knew in that moment that medication was working because I wasn't in a fog anymore. I felt like I had joy in my life and that I can enjoy the things that God had for me to enjoy. And then I knew the counseling was working because I was getting to the root. Of where that anxiety came from that it did start when i was a child that i had all these beliefs that were not true that god didn't expect perfection for me just wanted a surrendered life and to let his grace just pour over me and out of me so that began to happen that healing and restoration was happening and then a friend asked me to come for a play date with her, uh, my daughter and i and we went over there and she said karis how are you and i knew that was the moment you know where i could say oh i'm good I'm fine. I could put that mask back on. And I told her, I said, hey, you know what? I'm not, we're not doing good. I've been dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression. And y'all a lot like us today with tears in her eyes, she looked at me and said, you too? Uh Me too. And we both started to cry. And she said, gosh, I'm so glad you don't have it all together. And I laughed. And I was like, I'm so glad you don't have it all together. And we We started laughing about it. And then it was like the Lord hit me and said, this is what I need you to do. You got to share it. Because so many moms, women, men, grandmothers, teen kids are struggling and they need to know, no, you're not alone. They need to know it's not just you. This is a real struggle. It is a real struggle, but there is real hope. There are real ways that we can work through and overcome and so that began the pivot for me to just really want to shine a light on faith and mental health. In the midst of this, I did get pregnant with my second daughter. And I was nervous as a cat, y'all. I just didn't know what was going to happen. I was very anxious. My doctor again, she was very patient with me. But God in his goodness and his his grace, and this is how my story goes. I know every story goes differently, but I miscarried in September of 2011. And I had my Allie Grace, September 18th, 2012. Mm -hmm. So it was like the Lord knew I'm a visual person and I needed that visual to look at her and to know God has not abandoned me. And his grace is real and is sufficient. And man, I have to call her Grace a lot of times. I'm like, okay, come on, Grace. But it is that visual, that picture to know that He is real and that He loves us and His hope is real. And we don't have to stay in that pit alone and we can come out and we can overcome. And so now all these years later, I've had the, the blessing and the opportunity to write and to speak and to just share hope and encouragement. And I know I've been, I been—I feel like a blubbering mess on here today, but I know what it's like to feel alone and I know what it's like to think that you as a mom have failed and are, are just not called to this and that God got it wrong. But he didn't, he didn't get it wrong. And I know it feels heavy and hard at times because it is hard and heavy. But I think the message today that people need to hear is that you don't have to go through it alone and you can get through this. You can, you can get to the other side. So that right there is just, that is a a picture, a small picture of of what God has done in my life. And I look back and I I think about that, Karis, 11 years ago, who thought, there's no way out of this there's no way out. This is just going to be my life. And I'm so thankful that God showed me the way out.
1: Well, and I think it's incredible that you are sharing because I'm sure it took a lot of time to get here. You're still so heavy hearted and so passionate about sharing it. Eleven years later, the impact that that had on your life and your family and future generations to be able to just hit this head on and share it with family and friends. And now through all of your books and your podcast and just and just getting the message out there. Obviously, this is just God's divine. His hands are all written yeah. you know, and just to be able to see what you have done with that suffering and hardship is just incredible.
0: I mean, how, how do we go on from there? I mean, amen, let's, okay, housewives. I think we, we covered, covered it out. all in the first 30, I don't even know what to say, I mean, Hey Housewives, we are so excited. Oh my goodness, this is a dream come true. Y'all have heard us talk about our sauna sessions from the beginning and we have Sutton as a sponsor
1: of Unlikely Housewives. Why wouldn't we have a sauna session that brings all of the good juices flowing right out of our bodies when we're detoxing. Ex- Bring it right to the unlikely housewives.
0: Exactly. But first of all, some of those benefits, the intention of getting in the sauna for us was not to create a podcast. No. I nope. have another we just job. just wanted to
1: sweat. We Detox. Want-
0: Detox. We wanted to boost our immunity. We wanted the reducing of inflammation and some the weight loss. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's anti-aging. I mean, there's so many benefits to infrared sauna
1: sessions. And so that was our initial purpose. Yeah. And just to vent, it was that season of life that we just needed to sit and talk and talk about what was going on. And that's where it all happened was in the sauna.
0: Did you realize that there are studies that show heat therapy produces endorphins, those feel-good emotions? So we were
1: boosting our mood and ideas. So far. We boosted so far that a podcast idea came just flowing out. You guys... This is an incredible
0: opportunity for you. You can have up to $600 off using our link, which is get.sunlighten.com backslash unlikely. That's get.sunlighten.com backslash unlikely. We'll put that link in the show notes for you too. But $600 off a Sunlighten purchase the one that I have got is the Impulse 3-in-1 Believe. And it's amazing, y'all. It has been the best health investment for our family. I'll say my friends because I invite them yeah, over. That's how I use the
1: saunas in your... I, I know. Sweat. I if come you, over and sweat. But it's so good and such a benefit. And, and you so, said family investment. The kids can get in it too. Exactly.
0: The second I hear that there is a stomach bug going around class, Get in the sunlight and girls. Like, you're going to do this in 20 minutes. Let's make sure your immune system is up to par to not bring that home for anybody. It is a family investment and you will not regret it. Again, that link for us is get.sunlighten.com/unlikely. All the link will be in the show notes. Speaking of her books, y'all. Okay, she sent us books, and guess what? Judge Shut up! Oh my yeah. goodness! I am holding up every single one of her books. I cannot that I believe got that. Here and I've been holding on to them, just waiting to t- show you no. guys. But I have all of them, and I'm so. Oh no! Um, won't wait,
2: he? I, won't he do it? Won't he just come through? <laughs> yes, he will.
0: I mean, it's oh, no, just the details. The details. The details. Oh my I goodness! Mean, Y'all, as I'm holding these books, I'm just looking. I mean, let me just list off these names for you guys, okay? All right? Anxiety Elephants, a 31 devotional to help stomp out your anxiety, okay? Then we have the Carline Mom devotional, a hundred days of encouragement for the mama who gets everybody everywhere. <laughs> then you have got Anxiety Elephants for tween boys, a 90-day devotional. Anxiety Elephants for tween girls, another 90-day devotional and then there's an elephant on my chest which is the new kids children picture book it is darling and just i mean these these are beautiful karis thank you beautiful
1: just see them first because since we're not together today i I know (laughs) right i love it do you obviously you gave the the Description of the elephant on the chest, you know, and it's obviously what has led to. Did it come just through journaling? Was it just instantaneous that you're like, this is where I got to go with this? So
2: I think that it did come through journaling now. it's So I graduated from the University of Alabama. Our mascot is Big Al, an elephant. It has nothing to do with that for anyone that's listening and you're like, I hate Alabama football. I don't want to have roll it's, tide. I, roll tide. I, I promise it has nothing to do with that. OK, it has to do. I think when I would journal and I would describe that feeling or I would speak and I would try to describe what anxiety felt like, especially for those who were listening and had never dealt with anxiety, but also for those who were dealing with it to know, OK, this is a massive weight that I'm dealing with. So it was that of just trying to give that description of what anxiety is. So it felt like a, an elephant, anxiety elephant. And then uh, when people would ask me for resources, I never had any like desire to write. It was never on my top 10 thing list to do in my life. I wanted to have my own daycare with my life. Like that's what I wanted to do. And I did that for one whole year. And then I was like, OK, God, please take it back. And this is not.
0: Parents are too hard. I can't.
2: Parents are too hard.
0: How you love it when he gives us what we want, and then we go, no, no, wait, hold on, yeah. change my mind, I don't want Never it. Right. He's like, I told you, yeah. but I had to let you have it to know yes. that this was not yours. Yeah.
2: Exactly, yeah. He he allowed that for me. So when people would ask me to write, I I argued with him for a little bit. Like I don't think this is right, Lord. I think this is wrong. Uh, he wins, by the way, all the time. Like, you don't have to argue with God. So I started writing. And then, yeah, that Anxiety Elephants, the first one, uh, the 31-day devotional, came out December 2019. And then, hello, 2020. And Anxiety, man, it took over. And uh, from there, God opened doors that I still am just blown away and, and speechless by what he's done. And that led my daughter saying, hey, will you write a book with words we can understand? Mm-hmm. And that brought in the tween. Emotional is knowing if if we can help our 8 to 12-year-olds because those anxiety things really start picking up around that age. Over 50% of mental health disorders begin at age 14. So if we can start helping them learn those healthy coping skills, where will they be? And then my child development major dream self wanted has always wanted a picture book so to have the opportunity to even bring it, break it down even further for our 4 to 8-year-olds with the picture book to give language to parents that might need it, a resource for teachers. And then the Carline mom live, hey, we're all there. We are all living <laughs> in the overwhelm and the overstress. And I think God wants to meet us with an overflow of his presence. And so I am super excited to have that book for moms to just offer us all encouragement as we're on this journey of motherhood.
1: I love it. The one thing that I wanted to close with, you just said, you know, the the coping skills for kids. We want to equip them in this season. You're so right. Usually anxiety, books, depression, topics, devotions, they come in after the fact. right? And we're like coming up for air, coming up for water, you know, whatever you want to call it. Like you're just, I felt like I was drowning. You guys have no idea how many books. I just went on to Amazon when I knew what we were walking through. And I just thought, And I read those books going, why didn't I know this sooner? Why was I not aware of it before? Like there are so many things that you can help talk to them about. But when you don't have the language, you can't share that with them. So I encourage you, if you have kids in this range, but they don't have anxiety or depression, still get these books and walk through it with them because there's no doubt they're going to face it in their life. Anxiety is a part of all of our lives. It is there for purpose. It's to help us cope with fears and things, but sometimes it just gets overtaken. Right. And we obviously, just like you said before, faith and mental health go hand in hand. And if you can teach your children to be talking to God early and praying through it and knowing that they are not alone, they, you can help them from going to the far links that many teens do these days. It's so good. Yeah.
0: Well, and two is even if, I mean, to give your kids the the verbiage and the words because they know someone, right. right? Like to tell your kids, like, I mean, even if it is going through with your teenager, the picture book, that Nelson on my chest, you read that, say, just give me 10 minutes. Give mama 10 minutes to read you this book. And then when the next time they hear in a conversation of someone talking to them and go, wait a second, that's something like that that kid book my mom read, yeah. like then they can say, Hey, you know, I think somebody start like, but just like you said, I mean, we're all going to deal with anxiety on some level. I mean, the Bible says, do not be afraid 360 or, and be anxious for nothing over 365 times in yeah. that Bible. Right. And so it, it is part of our earthly. I, I'm going to use the word suffering, but that's, I mean, God uses all suffering for the good of those who believe in him. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just look at the amount of people that you've helped. And I mean, the resources that have come out of your situation right. and your life, like you didn't see that 11 years. You no. were not in the ER thinking, well, dude, God's going to use this and I'm going to become an author. Like, you know, like, all right, it's fine. There's, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel or or when somebody just says, you know, oh, you'll be fine. God's got a plan. You know why? Stick that up your butt. Right. I, there's nobody <laughs> waiting to hear that. That's right. That's right. I mean, I've had, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression when I was pregnant with my second and I, I've been on medication since and there was a time of like that guilt and shame of like, I don't oh. want to be on this. And there was a time too where I was, talking to physicians and psychiatrists like, I'd like to, get, I want to get off of these. I want to get off of these. And instead of getting off, I unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, God, I have more. I have, you know, multiple prescriptions. But like you said, if I had diabetes, if I had anything else, I would not hesitate. And I've talked to Tracy about this before. I don't know if I've done that on here, but my GP now, he calls it Americanitis. He goes, so many people, because he goes, because of the lifestyle that we have as Americans, he goes, it is no wonder that we have what we have. He goes, it can be genes, you know, like your, your parents. He's like, you can't choose your parents. So sorry. He's like, if you want to go be Amish, go for it. You like that might reduce your level of stress and anxiety. You can go try that. And then he goes, and if you do you have a magic wand, you can't just wipe away all the things that you're dealing with. You can't. And he goes, so here's the solution. Like, do not be afraid of what medication can actually do. Jay will be nine in October. So I will. It'll be almost 10 years that I have been on some kind of prescription for it. And I'm changing my doses again. Like, It's an ever ending thing. And if I'm on it for the rest of my life, so be it. But at this point, I've never been more productive. I've never been more, um, have more joy. And I know my joy comes from the Lord, but there's that balance and things change and shift 23. The year of 2023 for us has been a real, you know what? And I was talking to the Dr. Pat and he goes, it's okay. This is a season. We're going to adjust. You're going to figure it, We're going to figure it out. And then the next season, we'll figure it out again. And That's like, right. it's not an all or nothing thing, Mm-mm. you know? So I just, I love how transparent you are. I love that you are using your testimony to share that, like, me too. Yeah, You're I not am. alone um, because we, we don't hear enough. And then we have people making a permanent decision for something that is a temporary feeling yeah like and that's heartbreaking because you don't get over that that was you leave behind you do not come back from that
1: so yeah absolutely and karis i think that you did such an incredible job sharing your testimony in a way that is relatable you know, and that's the one thing that when we have guests on here, you know, it's just like she said, the, oh, you too, you know, someone is going to connect with that. You know, it's not, oh, that was then and this is now and look at yeah. me and this is great. You know, it's still a piece of your story and you can still touch that piece of suffering in that heart place. And I think everybody needs to see that because we think, oh, in two months, it's going to be better. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it takes time. And I mean, we're on my daughter's journey now and we're three and a half years in and it's a journey, you know, and I think two years ago, I thought it was going to just be, we were good. So to share where you are and what you've been through and the ups and downs, it's just, we so appreciate it. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much. And Housewives, we will share everything in the show notes on how you can connect and get a hold of these books because we know you're going to want them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my website is my name,
2: Karissnyder.com, So C-A-R-I-S-S-N-I-D-E-R.com. Uh, you can also find me at carlinemom.com. And that would maybe another easier way to find me. Instagram. I try to keep it all simple. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube is all my name. At Karis Snyder. There's nothing creative or, or fancy about it. We keep it simple. Um, so again, uh, C-A-R-I-S-S-N-I-D-E-R. I love to hang out on Instagram a lot. So DM me, message me, man. I love when people message me and they share their stories with me or they share how they connected. Because again, it helps us to know we're we're not alone. Like we have stories. We have, you know, it's like this book of, of life we're writing together. And when you share your chapter with me, it encourages all of us to keep going, keep writing, keep, you know, running this race that God has us on. And as y'all shared, I mean, scripture is filled with verses on anxiety. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. So if you're feeling that, First Peter 5, 7, cast it. Let it go. And then again and again and again until, until. So I'm just grateful for the chance to just be here with you all. I wish I could be like physically where y'all are so we could just hang out and talk and just do do this together again.
0: Hey, Alabama is not that far. We'll it's really you not. Know, come, okay. come drive up. We can stay at our house. like we'll, you know, and have a girls weekend. We'll need to do that. <laughs> that for would sure. be fun. Well, Housewives, we just want to thank you for joining us. Thank you so much again, Karis, for your time and your, your you. truth and your testimony and sharing your hope and light with us. And
1: until next time, Housewives, have a great week. Bye. Whether we made you laugh or cry today, we pray you feel appreciated, bolder and braver than yesterday, stronger and more faithful for tomorrow and living in who you were made to be today.
0: Join our online community on Facebook link in the show notes. And be sure to review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. Until next time, housewives, we give you permission to walk confidently, free, and to be intentional in your slippers or stilettos.